Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie. good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda today. I have missed every single one of you. I am thankful for your continued connection, allyship, friendship, support. I had some vacation time. I was able to spend good quality time with my daughter. First semester in college and baby girl nailed it. Very proud of you, Sabrina. And also, I'm studying for the bar, so there's that, all right? We got a lot on the agenda, Sharon Reed will be joining us. She has done a remarkable job, remarkable job. Filling in, in my absence, always a pleasure to have such an amazing person do so. Top story of the day, District Attorney Fonnie Willis, the person who is prosecuting Donald Trump. Well, all of a sudden there's this motion that says she's having a sexual relationship inappropriate relationship with the special prosecutor. Let me do it this way, because this is a hell of an allegation. And for these reasons, they're saying this case needs to be thrown out. Put up the picture of the district attorney, Ms. Fonnie Willis. One of Donald Trump's co-defendants in the Georgia election subversion case filed a motion. This is a public court record now. Filed a motion on Monday to disqualify the Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis from the case on the basis of claims that she had an improper romantic relationship with a prosecutor she put on the case. The motion from former Trump campaign staff member Michael Roman accuses Willis of an act of or act to defraud the public of honest services, end quote. Because of the alleged secret romantic relationship, she had with Nathan Wade, allegedly, a top prosecutor she brought on to lead the investigation against Trump and his 18 co-defendants in the criminal conspiracy case. According to Roman's claims, Willis was romantically linked to the prosecutor before she brought him board as part of a self-serving arrangement that financially benefited them both according to the motion. I'm going to get into the weeds of this. But you have to understand what the argument is. The argument is not, hey, listen, my client is innocent. The argument is, well, because the DA allegedly had a relationship with someone who works to prosecute my client, well, that simply means, well, my client should be let go, okay? Now, there's no evidence presented in this motion. Emotions don't require it in the presentation, ironically. But the motion will be ruled upon. There's more. Quote, Willis has benefited substantially and directly, the attorney says, and continues to benefit from this litigation because Wade is being paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to prosecute this case on her behalf. Motion claims, in turn, Wade is taking Willis on and paying for vacations across the world with money he is being paid by the Fulton County taxpayers and authorized solely by Willis. Once again, an, an airing of very personal dynamics alleged without evidence. This is not a motion for the judge. Let me say that again. Even though you filed the motion for the judge to make a ruling, this is not a motion for the judge, and I hope the judge is able to see through this. This is a motion for you. This is a motion for Trump supporters. This is a motion for possibly 
the jury if it even gets to that point. This is a motion to confuse because this has nothing to do with evidence on record. There is no causation, there's no causal link between any alleged entanglement prior or current and mishandling of let's say a constitutional right, a civil violation, maybe a statutory breach. You see, if anything, if there is some there there, they are guilty of an administrative policy violation, which does not overcome an actual criminal indictment, period. There's more. Roman's filing provides no, none, zero concrete evidence of a relationship between Willis and Wade, saying only that, quote, sources close to both Wade and the district attorney have confirmed they had an ongoing personal relationship. In the event that Willis is removed from the case, it would then be up to the Georgia Attorney General Chris Carr, a Republican, to appoint another DA in the state to take over the proceedings. Willis's office told ABC News that it would respond to Monday's motion through appropriate court filing. So the motion has to be responded to. It is a frivolous motion at face value because there's no evidence according to the motion. <laughs> the motion says we've heard rumors. And so we're going to file this motion based on rumors. The judge really should kick it out based on the insanity of the premise presented in the motion. Rumors do not get you to the next level for your client. They're not supposed to. This is a tactic. It also shows their desperation, ladies and gentlemen. Who would continue a parlor trick like this in a real court with a real defendant unless you do not believe in your case? The Fort County DA has been the target, as you know, of widespread racist abuse following a decision to indict Trump. In an interview with Revolt in September, she said, quote, I've been called the N-word so many times, I don't even think I hear it anymore. Adding that she and her family members have been doxxed by people, by people opposed to her handling of the prosecution. Her case against Roman in particular accuses him of being one of the key operatives in the Trump campaign's attempt to use a slate of fake electors who would assert that Trump had won the presidential vote in the state. He has a history of peddling Trump's stolen election claims, falsely tweeting during the 2020 election that Trump observers are being blocked entry to all the satellite voting locations in Philly and asking, what are they hiding? All of this was untrue, by the way. Roman's filing comes on the day, this is the last day parties in the case are allowed to file pretrial motions. Once again, tactic, desperation, strategy unbecoming. Earlier on Monday, Trump's attorneys filed a motion claiming he actually had presidential immunity in the 13 charges Willis brought against him. Once again, not an argument of innocence, it's an argument of, hey, I can't be prosecuted for what I've done. These guys are obviously extremely desperate. Let's talk about the reality of what's happening. You have out of control counsel who put a motion on record that no attorney, no respectable attorney could have ever done without a substantiated claim. An affidavit perhaps, that's a, that's a sworn document. Anything other than, hey, we heard it on the internet. 
Because that's basically what you're saying. If you say it's a rumor, there are people that said they they did have a relationship. So we're going to file a motion now. No, you look for evidence, but you did not. All right, I'm looking forward to the response. Sharon, you have also interviewed DA Fonnie Willis on occasion, like myself, and she is a straight shooter. Yeah. What say you about this, you know, insanity that has been filed now? Well, I think you hit the nail right on the head. And just responding to it, I agree with you. I hope the judge throws it out, but we'll probably not going to happen. But just responding to it is forcing her to respond to what is not relevant. What is relevant is election interference. Did you use fake electors? Did you put forth this scheme to try to harm and disenfranchise the people of Georgia? I could care less who Madam DA spends her personal time with, but I hope she's spending it with someone great. But this is, I've had people say things about me on the internet that weren't true. And I told you before, you know this, Dr. Ritchie, I chose not to even respond to it for years because I don't know her. And why should I play your game? How long have you been a prostitute? Right? It's like that question. <laughs> right. Why, why, why should she even respond? But we'll see yeah. what happens here. I believe she'll be undeterred and she will pursue justice on behalf of the people of Fulton County and, and really Georgia. Yeah. And I want to say this to some of the critics um, who pointed out that she did, in fact, um, deny. Trump's allegations about inappropriate relationships, he put it out on his truth social account. Well, the difference is that there was no motion. You now have an official judicial motion. It would be completely outside of court decorum for her to respond to that motion beyond the judicial opportunity. The opportunity is there, she will respond according to her words. All right, Roger Stone, Roger Stone wanted to assassinate two members of the US Congress. Put it up full mass. We're going to take you through a very dark mind. But these are the individuals who are champions inside of the Republican Party. According to Mediate, notorious political operative Roger Stone on the left said with associate Sal Greco on the right at a Florida restaurant. This was weeks before the 2020 presidential election. What were they talking about? They were talking about a plan to assassinate, to kill, to off two Democratic congressmen. Greco was at the time an NYPD cop working security for Stone on the side. Mediaite reports their conversation took place at a cafe, Cafe Europa, in Fort Lauderdale. And it focused on two House Democrats, you're looking at them now, for whom Stone harbors a lot of animosity. Jerry Nadler on the left, Eric Swalwell on the right. In an audio of the conversation obtained exclusively by Mediaite, Stone made threatening comments about the two lawmakers. Quote, it's time to do it. Stone told Greco, let's go find Swalwell. It's time to do it. Then we'll see how brave the rest of them are. It's time to do it. It's either Natler or Swalwell has to die before the election. They need to get the message. Let's go find Swalwell and get this over with. I'm just not putting up with this ish anymore, end quote. 
put up the gentleman again, if you would, the two um, who decide to have this conversation. They will try to spin this as, well, it didn't happen. Oh, oh, but if it did, we were just kidding. But that's not the narrative from both. I will show you the discrepancy. A source familiar with the discussion. Wait a minute. What does that mean? A source familiar with the discussion told Mediaite they believe Stone's remarks were serious. It was definitely concerning that he was constantly planning violence with an NYPD officer and other militia groups, the source said. Both Natler and Swalwell serve on the House Judiciary Committee. At the time of the conversation, Natler had announced the committee would be investigating then President Donald Trump's decision to commute Stone's sentence after he was convicted of federal crimes in the special counsel report from Robert Mueller. Put it up. This is a tweet, Representative Nadler. This was on July 10th, 2020. He wrote, a jury found Roger Stone guilty. By commuting his sentence, President Trump has infected our judicial system with partisan and cronyism, partisanship and cronyism, and attacked the rule of law. House Judiciary will conduct an aggressive investigation into the brazen corruption. A source told Mediate of Stone, Stone, had been at war with Natler and Swalwell for years. He just hates them. He just wanted to get Trump back into office so these things would stop. End quote. Stone was convicted of obstruction, witness tampering, and lying to Congress in the Mueller investigation. Prosecutors sought a nine year prison sentence for the longtime Republican operative. But Trump's Justice Department reportedly intervened and imposed a less severe sentence. Stone's sentence was eventually commuted by Trump days before reporting to prison. Let's put him up. Mediate notes the intervention from the DOJ prompted Aaron Zelensky, the prosecutor and Mueller deputy who led the case against Stone to recuse himself from the case in protest. He was disgusted by what he saw. Mediate reported last week that Stone was caught on tape in December 2020. Urging Greco to, quote, punish Zelensky. He needs to be punished, Stone told Greco in the audio. You have to abduct him and punish him. That has to be done. It will be easy to abduct him because he is a weakling, end quote. Stone denied making those comments, claiming they were generated by AI. He takes, he has previously claimed videos of his comments are actually deep fakes in response to a request for comment on the remarks aimed at Swalwell and Natler Stone said, quote, total nonsense. I've never said anything of the kind, more AI manipulation. You ask me to respond to audios that you don't let me hear and you don't identify a source for. Absurd. Um, this may be one. What about? Sounds like a source to me. I'm just reading tea leaves here, so let me go down the rabbit hole. So while Greco 
did not deny. The cop did not deny the comments. He said in a text to Mediate, quote, I don't think your reader is interested in ancient political fodder. <laughs> what? Wait a minute, you, you all were talking about assassinating two members of the US Congress. Um, I promise you the readers are interested in this. I, I guarantee you, I've been in media for a minute. They are interested in the fact that you all sat down and talked about kidnapping and killing people who are in service, okay, in public service. All right, um, so Greco, who acted as, once again, the security, put it back up uh, for Stone and was with him during the January 6th insurrection, was fired by NYPD over his association with Stone. An NYPD spokesperson confirmed to media, I Greco was terminated August 2022. Once again, the officer did not deny that the conversation happened. He did not say Stone never wanted to assassinate two members of the US Congress. It sounds to me, it seems as if, and maybe I'm wrong, I'm not a cop. But if you're the police and somebody says, were you involved in a conversation where you discussed assassinating someone? Hell no. But that's not what the officer said, okay? He just said his old news now. The two guys are alive, so we didn't do it. I, I added that part. All right, Sharon, this is a hell of a bombshell. And the fact that uh, Stone allegedly is so is so calm about it and so <laughs> very much so directive in his proclamation about doing something so extreme leads me to believe this guy has, uh, this is not his first time around the block. No. I think you're exactly right, by the way, about how that conversation went down. It's as if you're a little fly on the wall there, Dr. Ritchie. But Roger Stone is comes across as this nutty caricature who everyone who is not in the basement perpetually playing video games in their underwear, owing their parents the $150 a month rent that they're supposed to pay. We should just ignore him. But he's a very dangerous person. Yes. He's a very dangerous person. Someone who swore the oath, and I'm not saying that NYPD is supposed to be put up top, you know, some kind of mountaintop, but I am saying that he has sway with some very dark people. And if you're talking about killing congressmen and others, then I don't understand why these people are roaming free amongst us. You try it, Doc. I know See? your faith and your, hopefully, your law degree, it's not gonna allow it. But I'm yeah. just saying facetiously, you try it. And, um, you will need a fill-in for the host uh, exactly. of this show for a good, good while, maybe permanently. Uh, you just won't be around to do it. That becomes the question, right? How does Roger Stone get away with, and this happened years ago, obviously. Yeah. There was a recording of it somehow, and he's still not charged? This is, well, this is a whole different world, all right? We talk about it often. All right, we'll, we'll keep everybody updated. Guarantee you there will be developments to that case. Once again, racism strikes black family, okay? Hateful, bigoted messages, spray painted. Put it up for a mask. So sad. This was in San Pedro, California. A black family is now terrified after finding their car painted with racial slurs, vandalized for the third time in two years. This is called a target. 
According to KTLA, Reginald Scott says his red Ford Mustang was vandalized between Christmas and New Year's Day. The suspect spray painted a large message on the side of the car that read, Merry Christmas, N-word. Scott told KTLA, I couldn't believe that this was happening to me in San Pedro. The suspects also painted swastikas on the bumper of the vehicle, and the tires were also slashed. Quote, it's just wrong because they flattened the tires, they damaged it. Paul Free, as the victim's neighbor said, it's just something you don't want to see every day because what if that could have been my vehicle? Question mark. Reginald Scott was told, also told the publication that the vandalism could have been retaliation for parking in front of a neighbor's house. Quote, even if you're parked where you're not supposed to be, I don't think that gives you the right to spray paint somebody's car and call them a racial slur. Um, Scott's son told KTLA, that's hurtful. Uh, and I will go a step further. Um, if it's a public street and you park in front of somebody's house, that's not illegal. Spray painting a vehicle and damaging it, however, is. There's more. This isn't the first time the car has been vandalized in that same community, that same neighborhood. His family is terrified that things could continue and escalate. Scott told KTLA that he's been targeted twice before by vandals, including someone setting his truck on fire two years ago. He also told a story from Halloween about getting his tires cut once before. They cut my truck tires and sprayed some stuff all over it to where I think they're starting it up. And we're starting to get scared because being around here, says Scott. Scott's wife worries that vandals could get bolder and says she's very concerned for their children's safety. She doesn't want the doors to be unlocked, Scott said. She's pretty much on high alert. Scott has filed a police report in hopes that the police will catch the suspects. In the meantime, we can't help this family, right? The family has created a GoFundMe to repair the damages to the vehicle, help the family cope during this stressful time. Um, I encourage you, do the very best you can. And even if um, they have some extra, um, they can at least take out the children so that there's a good memory during this time. All right. Very sad, but this is a reality we live in in the United States of America. Now, this is a very simple community dynamic. When I say community, I mean community government, community and government. If this continues to happen, and according to what we have here, this is the third time in a short amount of time. I'm pretty sure it's not the only time it has happened in this area. There's a criminal reporting database that should have that information. My point is this, the local police should increase security, increase their patrol. Maybe put a camera somewhere that would allow them to see cars that enter exit in a particular place that has crimes like this. So that you can make an example of racist people who decide to attack individuals just because they are. See, that's what makes it so extreme. That's what makes it a hate crime. Because they are being attacked typically based on one thing, existing. All right, sharing thoughts here. Yeah, and I don't think this is a lone wolf type crime. And by that, I just mean that the person who did this was not alone. And I think it wouldn't take but a first year patrolman 
to figure out who it is in this yeah. probably close knit community. Two years ago, the car set on fire. This is domestic terrorism. Mm -hmm. And yes, it's a crime against this family who was targeted, this black family, but it's a larger crime against the black community. And it needs to be treated as such. Find yep. the perp. And I hope there's a local ordinance that says you can no longer live here. That's You're right. And and if there's no local ordinance, we can go with the federal government. Because if you were doing this in order to intimidate a person to leave a community, that part. renting or owning, doesn't matter. That is a federal crime, period. All right, we'll give you updates as they come. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, but I got a treat for you in the meantime. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a in Sunday? A you're, you're I feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Ignore. You keep that. Why? Because I didn't see a tip on the app and I put a little card in there. So please keep that. I'm sorry. No, I just had cash. Please take it. It's okay. It's okay. Because it's okay. Thank you. Have a good night. What the hell did we just witness? Well, let's um, just put it with the picture full mass. Um, this was an interesting dynamic here. DoorDash driver leaves the customer a nasty note after being very rude, obviously, in the interaction. The young lady said, well, I did not leave the tip on the app because I'm paying cash, which I've done that on occasion myself. Um, and, and I got to say this, the fact that you put a heart there and everything, that that doesn't really mean I have to pay you by way of my credit card. I can still pay you cash if I leave a tip. So the video, the video from a woman's home nest camera shows a DoorDasher approaching her home, knocking on the door. When the woman answers, she's holding a cash tip. It's in her hand and tries to hand it to the DoorDasher. But the DoorDasher refuses to accept the tip that she said she was upset for not getting. You keep that, the DoorDasher says. Why, the woman asked. Because I didn't see a tip in the app. And I put a little card in there. Oh, Now we're going to get to why she decided not to take the money. The DoorDasher says while gesturing to the bag filled with the woman's food. So please keep that, I'm sorry. Um, I, I, I don't understand. I thought this was what we're supposed to do, right? Give a tip and say, hey, you know, I made a mistake. I thought you weren't going to tip me. All right, the woman explained that she had cash and wanted to try tipping the driver the way that way instead of through the app. But the driver continued to reject her tip and said it's okay before leaving. The woman posted a separate video showing the note. And you see the note, the note the driver left in the bag, the bag with food in it which read, 
Lucky for you, I didn't bother the food. But next time, consider tipping your driver. Now, I'm going to say this. She probably did bother the food. Um, and that's mm-hmm. why she didn't take the money. But I digress. Uh, the video recording racked up more than 240,000 views on TikTok. It's even more now. Even the official DoorDash TikTok account commented on the video saying, regardless of the tip, they should, they, regardless of the tip, they shouldn't have left any type of rude note at all, period. Then DoorDash requested the, the woman reach out to their account and customer service assistant. Comments has offered similar reactions uh, to the woman's DoorDash experience. Nope, I wouldn't trust it after that. Cause why are you putting stuff inside of my bag? That is a clear violation, by the way. One TikTok commenter posted under the video, ooh, now she's feeling embarrassed, another sad note. Now, I have a theory here. I think the reason why the woman did not accept the tip, you know, just say, hey, you know what? My bad, I'm sorry. It's been a long day. We all understand, I'm serious about that. Like people have rough days and have to deal with a lot of individuals. Um, And she seems to be the kind of person who would have understood because she had no adverse reaction to when the individual from DoorDash was rude to her, none. Here's something to consider. When there's an opportunity to say, I'm sorry, that's the human part. See, that's the part that makes you strong. That's the part that actually comes from strength and not ego. But because of ego, you accuse someone who did not wrong you because of ego. You decided not to accept the tip that you obviously were entitled to because she had it secured for you because of ego. You're going to have an adverse response from DoorDash as a contractor because of ego. But if you would have displayed humanity and just told the woman, I am sorry, I was wrong. None of these other things would have happened. Just something to consider. Sharon, thoughts here. You know, here's something else to consider, Doc. And I want to preface this by saying I always tip extra. And because mm-hmm. I don't usually carry cash, I, I tip extra on the credit card because I, I think it's better for them and their bottom line people in the service industry. At least that's what I've been told they do prefer cash. But I, w- I want to mention something here about both her misdirected energy and the company she works for. Tipping's supposed to be on, on top of it if you did a good job, I tip you. That's not how we take it in America because we realize that companies don't pay these employees what they deserve. And so they leave it up to us to try to supplement it at sporadic rates. And that's to me is very wrong. But you're not entitled to the tip based on the way it's explained, okay? You're you're just not. And for her to reach in her grubby hands in the bag, I know they're grubby because look at the conduct. So her hands are grubby. They're, They're just grubby. You can fight me if you want to on that. It's just is so stupid. It wants me, I want to invoke Antoine Dobson, I think, you are so dumb. This is just ridiculous, okay? And the woman's owed an apology and not, I think the DoorDash lady has to be suspended for this, okay? And you can keep the food. You can go ahead and keep that food. Free DoorDash deliveries for life. I think it's warranted. Yeah, It's indisputable now. There you go. This is how far it went. Serious business once it reaches here. Double dose.
You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You feel free! Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. This dude tried to cut the line for the Starbucks X Target Stanley Cup, but we were not having it. And then you said you were going to deck me. So I got over here because I didn't want to get to the end of the line. There was no line. There is a line. You were in a circle over here. Because we already knew our place. But it doesn't matter. You were Can somebody call the police and get this? We know. Right. And you're not there. Yeah. Okay, we will talk to management. That's go ahead, go ahead, talk to them. Yep. What? The hell is your problem? Like, what's our problem? I'm like, because you're saying, everybody here is all respectful of each other. The people who are in the back of the line, they're not up there, here insisting. There is no line. There is a line. Ask everybody here. There is a line. No, there's a line. Yes. But you know what? They respect that. They respect that. Target. The lady in the beige pants ended up hitting the call button to get a manager to come outside. All right, it was a circle, but we were still standing. Cops, we're not arguing. Absolutely not. I mean, he came out in the spirit of an anti-care. Hey, 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 that arguing. What is this about? It's about a damn cup at Starbucks. I, listen, I did not know about this. I didn't understand it. I had to research it. Um, there's more. Yep. Absolutely not. Nope. It will not be a thing. Yep. I don't know who was here first. He is. Right along the line. He came up after me. Mm -hmm. okay. I knew my place. When did you get here? I got here after the block. Okay. No. So no. 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 Wherever, wherever you were. Because everybody watched you. Look, I was here after her. Oh, it's in chronological order. I was number eight. Thank you. Nope. We were let in at 8 a.m. sharp. Secured. Yeah. Mission accomplished. Put up the big full mass here. Um, that look is everything. The pointing of the finger telling him to leave, the defeated look on his face in the other picture. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this was about getting a particular cup. It's called the Starbucks Stanley Cup. I've never seen people so excited about getting overpriced coffee inside of a particular cup. All right? But since we're talking about cups, ladies and gentlemen, I have something very important to say. Indisputable has these amazing mugs that you can get um, right on the shoptyt.com site. Uh, we don't even make you stand in line. We'll ship right to your house. Fraction of the cost. You put your own damn coffee inside. I promise you'll save money. All right, Sharon, they tell me they were there at three o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. to get this cup. Are you familiar with this situation at Starbucks? Um, not willingly, but yes, <laughs> I do. I do have knowledge of this because my 12 year old 
is seeking this limited edition, I suppose. Um, but she's really twelve, is, Sharon. Well, she's which twelve. really means to Doc, they're <laughs> they're taking a portion of the stock and making right. it look like this is a very rare. And I refuse to to do this. I'm a busy single mother. I want her to have the cup, but this is just marketing and foolishness. Yes, these are adults. I want to believe that unlike me, they are desperate to do what their babies are asking for. But something tells me it's for them mm. and a yeah. status symbol. And it's this is so nutty. You yeah. you understand you're behaving in a nutty fashion, and I just think they all need to go to counseling. Not I'm not saying for good. I just right. mean one or two sessions, group sessions to get you all the way together. Stop That's right. It. Yeah. Or get an indisputable mug and no counseling necessary. No. <laughs> and it gives you the code to live by. There you go. It, there is a code to live by on there. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Thank everyone for joining the combo. All right, Kyle C.H., congratulations to your daughter and to you, Dr. Shad Ritchie, soon to be Esquire. Well, thank you so much. Next TOT reporter, ladies and gentlemen, TOT members, the doctor is in. Ah, I'm back, yes, thank you. I am Sock. You can't hold me responsible for trying to overthrow the government because those people bump uglies. <laughs> That's basically the argument. And it's not even they bumped uglies. I heard a rumor they bumped uglies. It's insane. Um, Alexander Supertramp. I guess she didn't want a tip. Oh, well. I mean, how, how do you walk away from that with dignity intact, right? You got to think about it when you get in the car. You accuse somebody that did not wrong you. You then probably did something, you know, malicious to their food, and you left a nasty gram. C. Michael Henson, thank you, C. Michael. How did the driver get the note in the bag? That was my question. Isn't the bag supposed to be sealed? Yes. Uh, I'm worried about the food. Welcome back, Doc. I hope the young lady did not eat the food. I hope. I really hope she said, you know what? She got inside the bag. I'm not eating food. Donald Trump's 16, 116 indictments, a member for 17 months. You deserve the vacay. Welcome back, Doc. Congrats to your daughter's first semester. Hashtag crush it. Thank you so much for that. Uh, Gabby Mathis, member for 19 months. Glad you're back, Dr. Richie. Hearts, thank you. Scott Smith, gifted five indisputable with Dr. Shaw Richie memberships. We thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, Twitch, <laughs> love 18 white girl. Roger Stone sounds like a generic Bond villain and looks like him. Looks like a generic Bond villain as well. Great observation. Um, all right, well, we knew this was coming. Uh, Donald Trump, former president of the United States, refuses to sign a pledge saying that he will not overthrow the US government. Hell of a thing, put it up full mass. This is actually normative, it's a procedure, everybody does it. But now there's all of a sudden, uh, there's all of a sudden some, um, there's an issue if somehow Donald Trump wants to be president or dictator because he signed the agreement last time. No issue. All right. Um, WBEZ Chicago with the reporting President Joe Biden's campaign on Saturday condemned Donald Trump for not signing the decades old loyalty oath in the state. 
this past week in which candidates pledged against advocating for an overthrow of the government. I thought that was already something you should believe in, democracy. You're running in a democracy, you should believe in it. All right, the campaign statement came in response to a prior report earlier Saturday that showed Trump did not voluntarily sign the oath as part of his package of ballot access paperwork. That was submitted on Thursday in the state, is through the State Board of Election. WBEZ Chicago notes the omission coming just days before the third anniversary of what? The terrorist attack, January 6th. Obviously, there's the nod. This is a departure from his presidential runs of 2016 and 2020, when he signed the oath both times. Okay, let's keep that up for just a moment. I want to say this. The oath is not a real oath, and that's the unfortunate part. It's a piece of paper, has absolutely no legal power. They do not make it required in the state. It's part of the ballot access forms. They should make it required. It should be a mandated prerequisite. Hey, do you agree if you get elected, you will not overthrow the government. You see, it's, it's already implied because you do have to affirm that you will uphold the Constitution. You see? So there's your implication that you do not overthrow the Constitution, you swear to uphold. States have to stop with these fictional documents for onboard balloting protocols. If the document had teeth, once again, you could actually do something. But you can't do a damn thing because the document is, well, let's just say theater. All right, um, let's put up the other one. WBEZ Chicago Sun-Times analysis of those petitions found Biden and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. They've already signed it. Biden signed the pledge this year. Biden campaign spokesman Michael Tyler said in a statement on Saturday, quote, for the entirety of our nation's history, presidents have put their hand on the Bible and sworn to protect and uphold the Constitution of the United States. And Donald Trump can't bring himself to sign a piece of paper saying he won't attempt a coup to overthrow our government. We know he's deadly serious because three years ago today, he tried and failed to do exactly that. Trump campaign spokesman said, quote, President Trump will once again take the oath of office on January 20th, 2025. And will swear to faithfully execute the office of the President of the United States and will to the best of my ability to preserve, protect and defend the Constitution of the United States, end quote. Under uh, Illinois law, presidential candidates wanted to be on the state's ballot March 19th, um, had to turn in their nominating petitions to the State Board of Elections on Thursday, Friday. The loyalty oath is a time honored part of the process. The oath is a 1950s Red Scare era pledge of the former US Senator Joseph McCarthy. And part of the oath, candidates swear they are not communist, nor affiliated with communist organizations. 
In the latter part of the oath, candidates attest they do not directly or indirectly teach or advocate for the overthrow of the US government or of this state or any unlawful change in the form of the government. Therefore, thereof, excuse me, by force or any other unlawful means. Signing it is entirely optional. It's entirely optional. It's probably the most important document when you look at all of the technical things you have to attest to, right? Name, date of birth. But this part is substantive, okay? But it's optional. After federal courts ruled it to be unconstitutional on free speech grounds. But state lawmakers left it in the state law. Countless candidates in flag waving fashion have signed it through the years, even though it is no longer compulsory. It's not clear why Trump chose not to sign the oath for the 2024 election cycle, a time when his nominating petitions are being challenged on grounds that he is allegedly disqualified to run by the 14th Amendment. That section of the Constitution bars insurrectionists from seeking public office. And while WBZ Chicago says, well, we don't know why he did not sign it. I know why he didn't sign it. And I think many of you know why he did not sign it. Um, he did not sign it because once again, he's giving red meat to his base, his political base, mm-hmm. because they want him to be a dictator, to be king. They don't want him, him to be president. It's too many rules, regulations, bureaucracy. I find it quite ironic that the same people that told us the Constitution was great, the Constitution must be upheld, are the same people literally saying today, we no longer want the Constitution. The reason is because they See that people can utilize the Constitution in order to gain access to things they traditionally mastered and had access to without earning it. They don't want an even playing field. They would prefer to have the rules skewed in their favor. And when people learn the rules of the game, instead of being fair, they decide to change the rules again. Let's put them up. WBEZ also notes state election records show Trump's other GOP opponents, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley and former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie did not sign the oath either. Christie, however, signed it during his 2016 presidential run. We need answers. Yeah, because especially, you know, the anti-Trump guy was a mistake. All right. Sharon, hell of a thing, never thought we'll be here, but we are here now. Yeah, because we didn't clean it up the first time. Maybe Christy's mm. saying anarchy for one, anarchy for all. And Nikki Haley's a disgrace. Um, that's what happens when you have a low bar. You have someone who is indicted how many times now at the top of uh, the ticket, but presumably so, that will occur. And then everybody else who's not as bad is viewed as uh, some kind of hope, hopeful, couldn't even answer about slavery and right. the Civil War. That's how low the bar is for some. So yep. I think he didn't sign it because he doesn't mean it. He's threatening us again and there will be another insurrection and who knows if we'll be we'll be ready. Yeah, um, and that's what happens. You talk about uh, Donald Trump being at the top of the ticket where he becomes the standard bearer and yeah. he can't bear the standard. And so what he does, he shrinks everything around him, including candidates that, that run against him. Now, all of a sudden now they have to be smaller. Uh, in their leadership because Trump has you know, got the drop on them. All right, we'll keep you updated on it.
Um, hell of a thing. Isaiah Washington bombarded by bigots during an online chat. Uh, I'm going to explain what happened. Hell of a thing. Let's go to it. You. We don't need the black vote. You're the most useless vote in America. You know why Trump got elected? Because of the white vote, you stupid skin. So vote him. Oh, wow, this is lovely. White power! St. Uh, KKK, Fuck. you're not a bot, queso dang. Where you based at, KKK? Uh, don't worry about it, I'll be at your doorstep when I want to, bitch. Oh, really? I'm at, uh, I'm at 36. 36. Uh, 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 you don't know your own address? Right Come on. Yeah, what you working with, KKK? Uh, with the clan, we're everywhere now, bitch. We ain't from the south. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, I mean, bitch, we're everywhere. What, 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 what is? What do you use to 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 get continuity of fire? What firearms do you work with? Uh, don't worry about it. You'll know when you know. Please don't tell me you're a Republican. Uh, I'm not Republican. I'm a far right, uh, racist hater. So. Yeah. So, she's right. Let me let me break you down into reality. Here's the thing that you stupid don't get. Both Democrats and Republicans kiss black ass for a living. We're talking about a completely new political overhaul. Like in the future, white people are going to openly hate the same way I hate. What you don't understand is you're getting it easy right now. Like in 10 years, you are going to be begging for the old. I promise you that. You're not getting no damn reparations. You're getting a bullet. That's all you're getting. You ain't getting no goddamn reparations. <laughs> You ain't getting no land. You ain't getting no vote. You ain't getting. Put up the picture full mass. I'm going to take you down an interesting zigzag here. On January 4th, actor Isaiah Washington hosted X Spaces discussion on conservative Mark Davis having more influence on the black vote than Charlemagne the God. Now, obviously, our dear brother has lost his damn mind, okay? Towards the last half hour of the discussion, the discussion was hijacked by racist trolls. An excerpt of the abuse Washington endured was reported by political consultant Nikki Barnes. And you see it there. Washington told uh, Washington would respond online to the accusations made in Barnes and others' posts by saying, um, expose what? All right. So Nikki Barnes said, trigger warning, while trying to promote a black conservative or black confederate, allowed an actual confederate to come on his space, come into his space and demean black people. Unbelievable. Now keep that up for a minute. So think about the irony of this. This is the zigzag part. So Isaiah Washington, um, who is uh, you know a Republican, black Republican, that's fine. He holds this you know meeting, and <laughs> he's talking to a black Confederate, uh, a guy who sympathizes with the insanity, and then a real one shows up. All right. So Washington responds after right the tweet or the post. Expose what. I can find out who you are or absolutely anyone I want on this app and expose you for who you really are. I'm known for it, okay? 
Um, Asi is my friend, but you people aren't worth exposing to me. It's really silly for this Nikki Barnes person who I did not, or who I don't know, posted something out of context that had very little to do with the topic and or tone of the entire space. But it's good that this genius has helped drive more listeners into my recorded spaces supporting Mark Carter out of morbid curiosity. Um, do you not find it ironic, sir, that you have found a way to talk about everybody in a negative context but the person who called you the N-word? Have you considered why? Have you considered why did you allow that person to continue to hijack your meeting and demean you in front of your friends? Take away from the context you attempted to provide? Even if I disagree with it, at least you were providing content and context. He took that away from you. Leslie um, Weems of the Democratic African American Women's Caucus would then ask Washington about the context. Uh, so, how is that person calling you every racist name but the child of God out of context? I love it. You want to come for a black woman for sharing how a white racist talked to you like your name is Kuta Kente and you basically yes mastered to him? Be for real. That was a well said, madam. Um, so then <laughs> the response from Washington. Oh, so you're the Leslie Shield that Mark Carter has no respect for. Got it. I see you now in your tweeter. Tweeter, that's how he spells it. Tweeter game is weak, hon. I'm here for it in the new year. Great way to introduce yourself. Sir, I'm, I'm concerned, man. What was that energy for the racist SOB calling you the N-word? I mean, Isaiah. There's more. After further back and forth, um, Washington <laughs> will post this. It's the internet, hun. My network of law enforcement and federal agents have already identified and reported that imbecile. <laughs> I get idiots and bigots kicked off of their multiple burner accounts all the time. In fact, I am having you looked into as well. <laughs> I just this is this is just getting worse. Keep tweeting me because your ex experience would definitely change coming from me, my dear. Now you try and keep it classy, okay? Nothing to see here but your enormous forehead. What a waste of human energy. Damn, son. Could you have just taken 10% of that and talked to the racist like that? Because he pulled your card, sir. You were all polite to him. Well, sir, I mean, what, what kind of arsenal do you have? The man said he was going to pull up and kill you. That's what the man said to you. And you want to know what kind of bullets he's going to do it with. So you have a problem. You go off on black women, okay, because they have an opinion adverse to your silly ass. You go off on black women and let the racist man hijack your meeting and call you the N-word over and over again. And you want to know what kind of bullets he had. A reply came, trust and believe, she says. That you do not scare me 
you need to be scared of the KKK person who said you needed a bullet in your head. Uh, and then this is what happened. Okay. He blocked. He blocked her. I, was this his band of federal agents that did this? No, no. He just he just hit the block button on his phone. What he should have done to the racist. <laughs> Sharon, uh, I'm so disappointed <laughs> in this in this brother. Um, but I'll let you opine. What can this black woman say that another did not already yeah. say? Okay. It's uh, he's unwell, Dr. Ritchie, is what I want to believe. Isaiah Washington is unwell. He's he is very much afraid and flabbergasted. He couldn't even get his own address correct when the KKK reported white supremacists punked him, okay, yep. uh, called him out and said, you know, this is how it's gonna be from here on out. Um, I, I advise him to sit down with his mother if, if they're in touch, if she's alive and look at her and then get in front of a mirror because there is some self-hatred going on and some lack of uh, identifying appropriately. He needs help and I don't know if even 10 minutes with you could help him. Your time's valuable. I, I don't know that you could help him. This is gonna yeah. be a long uphill battle. Yeah, all right. Um, I hope he can be helped because this was I just insane. I didn't know the brother yeah. was this far off the deep end. Sharon, thank you as thank always. You. This is, you did such a remarkable job filling in. Always a pleasure having did you on the show. Did you see the shows, people. Doc? I don't oh, know. Oh, goodness, yeah. Come on, now, how can I not see the show? <laughs> my algorithm is full of but, uh, Oh, okay. Well, I um, I did my best. I said, how about that? And I appreciate you always. Thanks for allowing me to sit in the chair. Thank Absolutely. you so much. Tell people I think follow you, check out your great work. Continue. TYT Sports um, at Sharon Reed Live across all platforms. Uh, in the Black Network, Real Sharon Reed. Um, we'll have another show that drops this Thursday. I hope you'll support us. Absolutely. We're looking forward to it. Always a pleasure. Thank all you. right. The bullpen is next. Stick and stay. You just rear-ended us. You gotta pull over. You, you didn't get no hole in your back. It don't matter. You. Who cares? Well, someone else will decide that. It doesn't matter. There's no hole. Well. Hey. Did you get it? Yeah, I got it. There she goes. Ma'am, you say you work for an insurance company. I don't know why you said you work for an insurance company. I'm sure that insurance company is not happy about hit and runs. So this woman who allegedly ended the driver recording, her claimed, uh, rear-ended the driver, claimed to work for an insurance company, driving a car with temporary tags. And as she drove away, damn near hit another car, as you can see in the photo. Um, let me tell you why this is a real what in the red state hell. If it is a nothing burger, as you have suggested, a minor fender bender with no actual physical or structural uh, damage, um, that means it's okay to exchange information, 
Call the police if you choose, but at least exchange information. No skin off your back. You work for the insurance company. This is a big nothing. But the hit and run is a big something. That is an actual criminal offense. Now you're outside of the realm of citation or ordinance and into the realm of statutory law. All right, Sharon, this was so avoidable on so many levels. Now the real crime is her trying to avoid the ordinance violation. Yeah, and there's, like you said, no need for this, okay? And I don't know which insurance company she works for, but I can narrow it down. It's either the gecko or the <laughs> we all see it people. It's not Jake, okay? It's and not the company Jake. he keeps. Jake, she definitely don't work for that yeah. one. But this is just, why are you doing this, lady? It's very annoying. And this is, we're in a time in America where people just do whatever they want and then actually are stupid enough to justify it. They yes. actually will sit there and argue you down and justify it. Probably the gecko is what I'm guessing. <laughs> All right, we'll bring you updates and updates come. Indisputable is still the fastest growing news show in America. We tell the truth on Indisputable because the truth is indisputable. Listen, no matter what you do, don't allow the politics of ideology to evaporate the soul that still exists inside of you. They don't stop, I don't stop. Racism won't stop, I won't stop. Systemic bias won't stop, I won't stop. People still need criminal justice systems reform, so I won't stop. You won't stop either. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show. Um, I got comments. We're going to read some of these comments. The Jack, thank you for that, by the way. Maybe if Trump's makeup gets dark enough, they'll lock him up. Interesting. <laughs> All right, kid, uh, Kip DR. Uh, this happens every. Uh, this happens in every black Twitter space and every day. Uh, in your chat, Dr. Richie, that's true. We're talking about the Isaiah uh, Washington debacle. Um, yeah. Son of what? Tough guy, Isaiah Washington, laughing. Yep, I agree. James Thompson, gifted five indisputable memberships. Thank you so much for that. Really appreciate you. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. All right, he's back in the bullpen today. We have Andrew Donaldson. Andrew Donaldson, editor of Ordinary Times, writer and host of the Heard Tale radio show, conservative, yes, common sense intact. Dear brother, good to have you on the show. How are you? Great to be back with you, sir. Appreciate the time as always. Well, man, I appreciate you. Um, so the world is still here. We have not blown up. Uh, we are still alive. Now, let me ask you some questions, man, because this is a very specific um, bullpen segment. Every person running for president basically has always signed the oath in Illinois that says, hey, if you get elected, will you promise not to overthrow the government? Oh, yeah, sure, yeah, absolutely, I signed that, no problem. <laughs> um, Donald Trump, not signing it. And not because it's an accident or some kind of error. Uh, which has happened before, but he's not signing it because, in my opinion, he wants to overthrow the damn government. He did sign it the last time. He signed it 
the time before last, but this time he refuses to. What say you? Yeah, I agree with you. You read, did a great job a little earlier running down the history. This particular, this isn't like the GOP pledge or the Democratic primary pledges. This was enshrined law. It's still in the law. It doesn't yeah. have the teeth you were talking about because right. the court struck it down. Not just this one. There was a real famous case in Ebersol out in Arizona, Indiana. Actually, if you remember the old Blues Brothers joke about the Illinois Communist Party, this is what it's actually from. Yep. It was the Communist Party. Uh, that sued about this and was struck down on constitutional grounds. I don't completely discount that his team just screwed this up, though, and then now they're playing it off of that. That's maybe possible, too, because they don't have the A-team. They're still out trying to get money out of Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley right now. They'll be back first of March or so. But, yeah, they're going to play this up because it goes to that audience. If I may, this kind of ties into your last segment, too, those Internet people, the really bad-faith Internet people. We know January 6th was kind of their high-tide moment. They love that stuff. That's when they actually got to show up and come out of the woodwork. And we know from the 1,000-plus court cases, there was a handful of those people that did some of the worst stuff. That all started in the online stuff. This feeds that crowd. That's the real danger here. It's not the pledge because it is performative. Yes, everybody normally does it. He does it. It is signaling, and it's it's not everything, but it's not a nothing either. It's a something. Yeah, it's definitely some there there. So let's talk about the reality of of what's what happens to the general voter, right? Um, I saw a report earlier uh, today where the political pundits uh, they were talking about this very same issue. And one guy, left-leaning guy, he basically says, well, you know, this is going to hurt Donald Trump with independence. And let me tell you why I disagree with that today. And I know many people will say that line now. Independent voters or moderate voters, whatever you choose to call them, all right, swing voters. There was a time in American politics when people who self-identified as independent or moderate or swing voters they were the majority. Hmm. They were the majority. And you had a minority of those who would affiliate themselves specifically with one party. Obviously, that transformed over time. And then the partisanship became the majority, but the middle, the moderate, was still a significant voting block. And you had to carry that moderate vote, or at least you assumed you did. But then something happened. And this is where we are now. That Self-identified category of voter, moderate, independent, swing voter, it is at its slimmest ever. It has never been this thin before. So you don't have a whole lot of wiggle room inside of it. So you have basically what I call base politics happening. Whoever can get their base out can likely secure an election in America right now because of that thin sliver of independent voters that are still left. People have taken sides. Like they haven't before, it's more polarized than it historically has been. So I don't think this is a miscalculation by the campaign. Did they fumble it? Of course they did. Is it horrible messaging? Yeah, because they really didn't have a good message to respond. But was it unintentional? I don't think so. What say you to that? I think it's a natural inclination of these people to go to that, the people that Donald, remember, this is who Donald Trump had left. He had a lot of still mainstream GOP people in that 2016 yeah. campaign. That's why he won, frankly, because those people knew what they were doing on a campaign. I'm just talking nuts and bolts stuff, not ideology, mm -hmm. how to run a campaign, how to do financing. Those people aren't there now. The people that are there now are mostly the true believers or the full bore grifters. That's who yeah. he's got left. So their default is to go to this, which you just said is true. Pew uh, Research does this every year. They do the kind of the ideological spectrum. And what's happened is exactly what you said. The edges have hardened, but what that has done is the middle 
if I can explain it this way, it's a little bit broader in the middle where those moderates and independents are. It's wider, but it's more shallow. It's not as deep. So those folks are really hard to pin down, especially on what they believe. So they tend to default to things like tribalism, like the evangelical vote that all of a sudden doesn't make sense to a lot of people traditionally, but they all flock to Trump. It's a lot of tribalism. It's a lot of identity politics, things like that. You can pick other groups as well. It's a good insight on what's really going on with things like this identity pledge, though, because instead of a policy like Social Security or something like this, or even like a foreign policy thing, or like we're going to balance the budget, things that in the 90s would have been really big, hot plate stuff. This is now the boilerplate, this cultural stuff this stuff that's wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say it without actually saying it. There's a lot of that going on here. That's how you fire up that very specific base. And it's a smaller base. It's a more fired up base. But that's the base they got to have. And that's why he has a floor of 35, 40%, whatever number you want to use. That's why it gives him a chance in these elections. That's also what drops his ceiling. The part you got to worry about is how low is that ceiling? Because if that ceiling's 47, 48%, now we got problems. Yeah. And as far as the Republican primary, I don't see any way that he gets defeated in the Republican primary because of the plurality rule. Um, He has secured a significant voter base per state in a way that no one else can secure that voter base. You don't have people who are Trump people, like diehard Trump people, but they're also Nikki Haley people, possibly DeSantis people. His people are his people, right? Uh, And as long as you have so many people running, you're gonna split the base for everybody else and he consolidates his base and he then wins. Based on that rule, because naturally, in a Republican primary, you don't have to win 50% plus one. Um, let's talk about what happens to um, America, all right, as a country. Because let's say the, the, the worst of the worst, right? Trump gets the nomination. And, and I actually think there's, there's this other part that's brewing, and that's his prosecution. He gets the nomination. He gets successfully prosecuted, meaning a jury finds him guilty. And by the way, dear brother, I do believe a jury will find him guilty because a grand jury, multiple grand juries, they have found him at least liable enough to sign affidavits swearing, saying you need to go ahead and search this guy. You need to investigate him. You need to find more evidence, right? They signed those search warrants. So I do believe a jury can convict him and probably will convict him. And that sets up another problem. And that additional problem is, Well, once you become a convicted felon, you cannot hold a position of public trust while you are under that sentence. You also cannot vote in the vast majority of the states in this country while you are under that penalty. What is the constitutional argument that they will use to say Donald Trump still gets to break the rules that no one else in those respective states as citizens of those states have ever been able to break? How can Trump break the rule if he gets just one felony conviction? Yeah, that might be the ultimate backdoor way to work on felons getting their voting rights back. We'll talk about that some. <laughs> you know what? Uh, and and I've said that before. Care about that, but uh, right, no, all of it, a sudden, everybody yeah. who's a, who, who has a felony conviction should vote now, right? Yeah, it's all all of a sudden all these GOP operatives have realized that people get railroaded through the justice systems. Like, welcome to the party. We knew yep. this. Uh, What you're saying is kind of one of the very oldest things in all of law. You can go all the way back to when we first, Hammurabi probably had this problem if we had enough data to do it. Law is only as good as you can enforce it. Um, The problem is going to be an enforcement thing here. And the argument is going to be what you just said. It's like, well, he's Donald Trump. He was unduly convicted. It wasn't fair. He was real. We've already heard this for five years. We already know what the argument is going to be. You're probably 
if everything holds up the way it looks, you're probably going to have a split Congress. So probably the Democrats will get the House back. They're probably going to lose the Senate or it'll be tied one or the other. So Congress isn't going to be able to really do that. Who's going to enforce this law if he becomes the president and has some conviction? I, I would defer to my friend Andrew Fleshman, who uh, is sometimes a colleague, very brilliant lawyer. He put out yesterday when they were talking about some of this other legal studies, like, oh, for somebody that would have just charged him with a simple felony misreporting of fact or government fact or lying to the government, something just open and shut case, simple to do it. He's like, we're kind of overshooting some of this stuff. Just get a simple conviction and go from there. But that's the problem he brought up with that is you get a simple conviction. Then what do you do? How much of a conviction? Oh, this is a minor thing. This is not a minor thing. That's going to be the argument. You have to enforce the laws to have laws. Donald Trump doesn't like to be enforced. The system is held so far. It held on January 6th. I'm worried about it too. We'll see. The best thing to do though is for him to not win office in the first place and avoid it. Probably ought to think about it though. Yeah, and I got to say this, I did not see uh, Republican legislatures changing their rules in case this scenario happened. Yeah. Um, and typically you would see them make at least some motion uh, that we need to change the rules for presidential elections um, if Donald Trump gets convicted. Because as it stands right now, if he does get at least one singular felony conviction on his record, as state law stands without them calling special session, as state law stands, he doesn't get on the ballot. And I don't know how you overcome that argument legally because the court, they have a very limited opportunity here to help him if they wanted to. One would be on constitutional grounds, but we already have solid case law saying states have the right to do this. Second would have been on statutory grounds, which means you would have had to change the law prior to the election. So what argument would they make other than a non-argument and simply do it by force? Yeah, and that's the scary thing because we saw on January 6th that there will be a few people. It was luckily a small handful that will go to a call of force. It's something we got to pay attention to. That's why this online stuff actually matters. You got to pay attention to these extremists because this stuff gets stoked up. Again, the institutions hold if the election all goes well, but Donald Trump's always going to be the live wire outside the system until he defeats it enough that people lose his interest or he passes off the scene naturally. We'll see which one comes first. All right. Listen, man. Um, you are a conservative voice, very powerful voice, a very respected voice. We appreciate you always coming to the table with an actual conversation, no gaslighting. Uh, we don't agree on everything. We don't need to, but I appreciate the spirit in which you approach life and politics. So thank you, dear brother, for all you do. Anytime. Always happy to be with you, sir. Same. All right. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.